What's up, you guys? Welcome to the August 30th edition of the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm Mike Gallagher. Get ready to break down the Vegas over-unders. Uh, we'll be going through what that means for fantasy. We'll tie in some other stats. And you know, if, if you want to bet on those over-unders, we'll throw out uh, some opinions on some good ones to take, I guess. I hope with me to do so is Ryan Kanas. What's up, man? How's it going, Mike? All right, getting uh, draft guided up. We're pretty much ready to go there. I am in fantasy football mode. Uh, I was pumped we had Evan Silva on over the weekend. We're going to probably have Roto Pat on either today or tomorrow. It's pretty exciting, man. Lots, uh, it's a great and fantasy baseball playoff start next week for me. So fantasy, nice. fantasy yeah, is taking I'm... over my brain. Other fantasy owners have a lot going on, as you just mentioned, but I'm I'm more than ready to get the NBA uh, in, in full gear, and it's not too far away. We yeah. got training camps, and that's when things really pick up. And obviously, the the league moved the start date up a couple weeks this season, so yeah. we'll get a, a mid October start instead of pushing it back towards almost November. Yeah, it used to be like Halloween like, yeah. a couple of years ago was when it really kicked up. Now it's two weeks before Halloween. So like two two full days, October seventeenth. Two yeah, full weeks. and the reason if if people listening don't know that that the league is trying to space out games and eliminate as many back-to-backs and four games and five nights as they possibly can um both for the health of the players and for ratings i think because they don't like it when star players are arrested so yeah they try to they totally cut out the four games and five nights uh and they dropped they didn't have a significant drop on the total back-to-backs you know a couple here and there but not much difference um any other scheduling things that you wanted to tie into? No, not right now. We can get into the over-unders. Yeah. All right. So as if we're drafting, we generally would like to see teams that – I think if you had to pick just a, a record for your players, you want them competing for playoff seeding, whether it be the eighth seed or second seed. You want the last week of the season to have a lot of potential impact on the standings. Uh, because as as we've seen before, teams who clinch early will shut it down. Uh, so that's a a little bit worrisome. Fortunately, the Warriors actually didn't really shut people down last year, despite how they they did have the Spurs push them a little bit. Uh, but they're at sixty seven point five. So if we were talking about Curry and Durant as both top five players, and we kind of knew this. I mean, we knew it was going to be upper sixties. But um, how do you feel about that over-under, and how, do, how does that impact how you're going to draft? Uh, I wouldn't bet on a, the Warriors over 67.5. I mean, that's a lofty total. We know they're capable of it, but I don't know. I wouldn't be too too eager to put my money on that. Uh, and in terms of drafting, I don't think it really changes much. We, we know what you're going to get from the Warriors coming in. Um, there's a definite risk of DMPs down the stretch. That's been a little bit overblown. We saw last year there wasn't there wasn't a huge drop off for their star guys down the stretch, um, and the only real danger is if no one's there to push them. I mean, Vegas, the next highest win total they have is the Celtics at fifty six point five, so they're projecting a runaway in the West. So if that's the case, then then maybe there's a little bit um, added risk. But I wouldn't really let this affect how I draft guys like uh, Draymond, Steph, Durant. Uh, what about yourself? Would you let this impact your draft day strategy? No, not really. Like we said, um, I mean, Durant was hurt last year. And Curry, what did he sit, like twice or something? Not, not even. Yeah, once, tw- twice in the second half. That's fine. Yeah, that's and it's usually on a back-to-back, so it's one of those weeks 
where they had four games and they're down to three games. So yeah. and that's actually exact. Um, the two weeks, he, the two games he did sit. Um, actually, that's not. Actually, yeah, so he did actually have uh, a two-game week, but that was in the last week of April. So yeah, and he's know. he's going to be right in the thirty-two to thirty-four minute range, which yeah. is all you really need. So yep. So yeah, I don't. I don't really. It doesn't really bother me. Um, other. What other ones? Uh, so you mentioned Boston at fifty-six point five. Um, again, that's a high. Does that impact how you're going to draft Celtics or anything? No, not really. Um, it's more about the roster makeup and how Brad Stevens works these rotations, assuming that the trade goes through and Kyrie's part of their team. Um, and even if he's not, they, they just have so many interchangeable parts. Like, what are they going to do at shooting guard and small forward, where they've got Hayward, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum could slot in as a rookie, uh, Marcus Smart can play shooting guard. They got Terry Rozier. There's just a lot of moving pieces there. So it's less about their overall record. And I do think they're going to be in a dogfight for the number one seed in the East. So that helps their their main guys. Um, but yeah, it's more just about Steven's rotation as we've learned over the past few years. So let's just get this out of the way uh, with uh, the Kyrie Isaiah Thomas thing. It sounds like it's still going to go through and the Cavs are just trying to squeeze out a little bit more. Which is kind of bogus to me, because everyone knew that Thomas's hip wasn't healthy. This is known. We were waiting for months to hear if he was getting surgery. So for them to pull the whole uh, "it's worse than we thought" kind of a thing, I, yeah. I don't know. What do you? What are your thoughts? How likely is it going to go through? What's worst case they the Celtics had to give up to make this thing go? And, and apparently, Gary Washburn, who's pretty plugged in for the Boston Globe. He's reporting that the Celtics aren't having it. They're they're not going to budge on giving up anything. Well, as you said, everybody knew going into this that Isaiah Thomas's hip was an issue. I mean, if the general public knew about it, surely the Cavaliers brass knew yeah. about it before they agreed to this deal. Um, Danny Ainge said o- openly, uh, you know, as this trade was was uh, in the makings that they weren't sure how much time Isaiah was going to miss, that his hip was an issue. Uh, Brad Stevens was very noncommittal. He said that we won't know until more testing in um, in early September. So there were just a lot of red flags, and obviously the Cavaliers were aware of that. Um, you know, does it behoove them to try to hold the Celtics' feet to the fire and get more? Obviously, yeah. Um, are they going to pry someone like Jason Tatum or a first-round pick away? Absolutely not. Um, so, you know, maybe they get the Celtics to capitulate and give them a second round pick yeah. uh, and they, they claim a victory and, and both sides are happy. I think that's that's mostly where this is going. I think the Celtics will throw in a cheap second rounder and it's a done deal. Yep, that's what I think. There's nothing that's going to make them miss it, you know, um, that second round pick. People, what, um, Jordan Bell, that draft pick was bought for $4 million. You know, they didn't give up anything besides the cash. So, in the grand scheme of things, a second-round pick. And that was a fairly high second-round pick. What, 38 it was, I think? So, um, yeah, I mean, that second-round pick Boston will give up would be pretty useless. Um, how do we feel about the Cavs' new GM, Kobe Altman, with this whole... This is very unusual. Besides the fact that this deal is just a monster trade, I mean, how does this how does this look for him? Uh, rookie mistake, or... I don't, I don't know. How, how do you perceive this? Well, I, honestly, I think it looks good. The Cavs yeah. came into this... A mess this this summer right um just seemed like total dysfunction in the front office uh who knew what was going on then he comes in and he's facing a trade demand from a franchise player and Kyrie Irving it seems like a no-win situation 
And instead, he extracts a terrific draft pick that's going to come from the Nets in 2018. Uh, he gets a solid role player in Jay Crowder on a good deal. Uh, and he gets Isaiah Thomas, who could you know, give one more good run for LeBron if he's healthy, possibly you know, win the East or go to the finals. We'll see what happens. Um, but I liked it. I mean, they got they brought in productive veterans. They got that that terrific draft pick, and they got uh, Ante Zizek, who you know they considered a project, but he could pan out and be a nice a nice another piece here. So I think, given the trade demand and the fact that they didn't have much leverage, I think that he did a great job. But most importantly, that that top draft pick that the Nets are going to get, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, but I do want to get your take on this really fast because Steve and I we went pretty deep on this but i'll just i'll kind of give you the the nuts and bolts of it uh for who went up and down in that trade uh again we're assuming this is going to stay we thought Kyrie ascended to right around the turn one two um so you're talking 12th to 15th kind of a pick uh we had isaiah thomas dropping especially with the hip injury to late third ish um lebron slight boost uh again you and i have talked about the free throw percentage which is kind of fluky so he'll be up we thought Kevin Love loses a little bit of value because of Jay Crowder coming in and possibly playing defense late. Not going to shatter him, but enough to give a little bit of concern. Uh, Tristan, for the same reason. Uh, we just thought most of the Celtics cores, like Haywards and those guys, were pretty much holds. Uh, I thought Horford got a slight boost because they're a little bit thinner up front for guys that can play the four. So I think he looks actually great. A guy I was not really looking to get. Now I like him a lot. Um, and then, obviously, kind of the big winners were Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, uh, who both become kind of late-round targets now. Uh, they had a, a lot to, lot in their way for minutes, and now it sounds like they're going to be able to play Jalen. And Marcus Smart also benefited. Um, yeah. So, do you agree with anything I said? And, or yeah, I, um, you mentioned Caleb taking a hit. I don't think he's going to take that big a hit. Right, just I'm cause... just saying, it's just one little more concern. It's, so yeah. it's a little bit of a negative. I mean, he's only played 31 and a half minutes each of the past two seasons, so I don't see that dipping too much. Um, I think he'll be all right. Uh, and especially if Isaiah Thomas misses a significant chunk of the season, yep. they're going to need to replace that usage, and Love's going to have to be option number two on offense for them. Yep. So, yeah, you that's know, a good point. He could come out hot out of the gates and kind of compensate. Yep. Um, Thomas, honestly, I don't think I'm going to be drafting just because I think, you know, you guys put him in the low third. I think a lot of people will have him there. I'm too worried about that hip. I just, uh, you know, there are concerns that if it doesn't heal properly, he could miss, like, the bulk of the season or at least a significant portion. And these are all just kind of, you know, people spitballing. But in the lack of a concrete, like, he will return in two months, I'm just, I'm scared off him. Um so there's that. Uh, Jason Tatum, you're right, I think joins the rotation. I don't see him as a 12-team option right now. Uh, he looked great in Summer League, but I'll need to see more out of him um, You know, when the games start to matter. But Jalen Brown, a little draft guy teaser, uh, I-, I listed him as one of my sleeper picks this year yeah. uh, in a staff sleeper column. And, yeah, I like where he's at. I think... You know, the Celtics view him as a versatile piece. He could play two, maybe three positions, and I think he's going to get significant minutes. So uh, I think he's a big winner. Okay, just to add to it, they said that Jason Tatum's kind of plan is going to be, this is before the trade, that the plan is to put him on the Jalen Brown plan from last year. So he's got work to do. But for pure ceiling, uh, I think Tatum's probably the way to go. But his floor is just in the basement. Uh, whereas we know Jalen's going to get minutes, and he also looked pretty good before he got dinged up in summer league. Uh, okay, so moving on. Uh, so Cavs over under fifty three point five. It's 
kind of low for them. Um, again, maybe the Isaiah Thomas thing factored in there. So you, I am probably the main man for be careful about LeBron's rest. Uh, and Steve, Steve thinks that LeBron's mad. Uh, he's the the mad rapper uh, and, and all that stuff. So what do you uh, do? You think LeBron's gonna rest? Year older didn't really rest too much last year. Uh, I thought he was gonna rest a little bit more, but uh, looking at so he end, at the end of the season he did. He sat the last two, but then March he sat two, and then February he sat one uh, right after the break. So that was pretty pretty solid. I think I still think he's gonna miss more games though for it be at rest or whatever. He's thirty two. He's gonna be thirty three. On December 30th. Yeah, I think they have to. And they played him. His minutes jumped to 37.8 per game last year, which I think is just unsustainable. They, they, they're probably coming into this season thinking we need to get our, our guy more rest, especially if he's going to, you know, the focus is going to be completely on him if Isaiah Thomas misses games. So uh, that, could, that could wear him down a little. I thought of something. I'm going to look into it right now. So do we think it's possible that maybe the extra playing time could have hurt is what hurt his free throws. Maybe he's a little bit more tired. or And we also broke it down month by month, and he was pretty much bad throughout. It's not like he had one horrendous month. Um, but I'm going to try to find something on basketball reference, uh, splitting up uh, how long he played for certain games. Maybe because if he played in those high 30 minutes, he was worse from the line. Okay, so let's see here. Nope. Actually, yeah. Check this out. This is pretty cool. Oh, no, that's true. That's true shooting. But that's also down to it. Okay, sorry. Kind of rambling. So when he played 20 to 29 minutes, that's only six games. He shot 71%. When he played 30 to 39 minutes, that's down to 68%. When he played 40 minutes, down to 64.8%. So there are 49 games for that 30 to 39. And then 19 games, he was all the way down to 65%. So there's a correlation there uh, that the more the minutes did affect his shooting. Yeah, that's unsurprising. Yeah. I don't know how much stock I put in that. Yeah, I don't of, either. Of, of him at the free throw line. I, I get that his overall field goal percentage might lag. And it would be interesting to look at it quarter by quarter. Does that, you know, in the fourth, is he fatigued? Uh, it doesn't seem like it when you watch their games. So yeah. Even even when he gets cramps, he seems like he's playing on another level, and then all of a sudden he's limping. Um, so he never really seems to show it, but... He, yeah, it's, it's an interesting up. theory, and I bet, I bet some players, that's definitely definitely a factor. Like, if they play 35-plus minutes, their percentages just start to plummet after halftime. Do you think it's going to come back up? To, I think Steve and I were saying, like, it'll be at 72. I mean, that's 67.4. It's just not him at all. No, I'm a big believer in, uh, you know, correcting to the mean. And he's a 74% career shooter. I think we'll get up to 72% somewhere in there. And so to break it down by quarter... Uh, 68.4 in the first, 65 in the second, that's his worst. And then 67.9 in the third, 68 in the fourth. So basically nothing there. Yeah, no difference. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah, and overall he was uh, better in the second half by 1.5%. So, And he's also uh, perfect in overtime. Didn't have many attempts, but uh, interesting. Anyways, uh, okay, so moving on to other teams. Anything else you want to add on the Cavs? Kind of no, not particularly. Uh, OKC, 51.5. That's interesting uh, with Paul George there. And so they're projecting the beef. Uh, fourth, uh, I skipped over the Rockets and the Spurs at 55 and 54, kind of as expected. Um, any of those, if you're going to bet on one of those three, 
Uh, again, Rockets 55.5, Spurs 54.5, and then OKC 51.5. Do you I, like think the, I like the over on the Rockets and the Spurs, to be honest. Yeah, me too. Why? Yeah, I can't, I can't see either of them. I don't know. I mean, the addition of Chris Ball to the Rockets, just I can't see them. Last season, they won, what, 55 games? So to to beat last year's record, I think that, that would be a cinch. Um, so, they, yeah, they were... Yeah, right at 55. Um, so and the Spurs were at 61. So they're expecting, I guess, LaMarcus Aldridge to cool off. Gasol as well. Um, they're missing Tony Parker, but I don't care about that. I mean, not yeah, like Tony I'm Parker is shredded. Uh, if, if DeJounte Murray can take a step forward, I think that's a pretty good bet. So I, I think so. of the two, you, would you say Spurs then? I think, I think I'd probably take the Spurs. Well, yeah, I like this. I mean, just system-wise, they're, they're so solid. I don't see them suddenly taking a seven-game tumble this year. Um, and, the, you know, they did lose Jonathan Simmons, but for most of the season, he wasn't a huge factor. Um, came, came through the playoffs, and uh, I actually like uh, Debbie Bertans to step up a yeah. little bit. He was really good per minute. He's a sneaky, deep league fantasy guy. Uh, yeah, and then uh, Brent, Brent Forbes was, was someone to, to keep an eye on. Yeah. Uh, let's see if we could. Do, I'm gonna do a break breakdown of how when the last time they didn't win that many games. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, so what was again? Fifty four point five. So that's happened since 2010-11. It's happened one time. Yeah. Uh, in uh, twelve eleven. I'm sorry, eleven twelve. They went fifteen. Uh, yeah. So they didn't. Yeah, that's. And we should. We, I, I should mention too. And that, that, oh no, you know what? That, that's actually not. That makes no. Because that was the, um, that the was lockout, lockout year. So yeah, they haven't been. Yeah. They've hit that except for every season since 2011. They've cleared it, except yeah. over 60, over 58, except once uh, in 14, 15. That, that was what when Kawhi missed a good handful yeah. of games that year. And we should, man. As long as we're talking about their roster build, they did add Rudy Gay this, yeah. this summer, obviously. So, you know, even if he's not 100 percent to start the year, I think he's he's obviously a, a big plus for them. What is that? We're, we haven't talked much about him. Uh, uh, the guy he was when he was on last year, he was cruising. Like right before he got hurt, he was hanging third round. So, um, well, they're going to keep him limited. We know Achilles is probably the worst injury you could get. But Brandon Jennings, Elton Brand's probably the poster child. Ellen Brand was like top six fantasy guy for Torrey yeah. Achilles uh, for you younger folks out there. Um, yeah, it's bad. So I, I, I mean, I, even even Wes Matthews, who we, we yeah. viewed as like this Iron Man in the league, and yeah, he came back really quick. They gave him that huge contract, but he shot terror. I mean, he shot, what, 37% or something like that from the field last year. It was just abysmal. Um, I mean, it takes a toll. You can't you can't bounce right back. So there's there's huge risk there. I don't know that I'd take him before you know probably like eighth round maybe oh, does that sound right i was gonna say 10th yeah He'll gotta take him pretty late yeah uh okay so we didn't talk much about okc uh i don't think i don't think i've asked you much about paul george are you he seems to be going late second you okay with that price after victor oladipo flopped obviously paul george is a more talented player than oladipo but uh what are your thoughts on Paul George and the Russell Westbrook usage rate vacuum? Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, last second sounds about right. Or late second, I yeah. should say. Um, I don't know. It's going to be interesting how he fits in there. Because he had, last season, 81.3% of his shots were jumpers. And he shot just 42.5% on those. Um, 
He ranked eighth in the league in volume of catch-and-shoot opportunities. He had 6.1 per game. Uh, but he was far more effective at the rim. So basically, they're going to have to find him easier opportunities. Because um, just having two high-volume, low-efficiency stars with him and Westbrook is not going to pay the bills. So it's. It, I think it depends a lot on how he fits with Westbrook, obviously, and how OKC's offense generates easier points for him. Gets him going towards the rim instead of just kind of ISOing and, and creating his own opportunities. Yeah, he was, a, as a catch-and-shoot guy, despite the lack of those attempts, those are only 34.5% of his shot total. But he shot 42% from three, so that's a 60 effective field goal percentage. That's pretty good. Yeah, so, he was good on catch-and-shoots. And he actually had a lot of attempts. He was eighth in the league. So, yeah, um, yeah as long as they, they maximize that part of his game and then also just get him going to the hole, I, I think, think he'll be all right. But definitely the usage hit is is a big problem. So, But I think it's going to be like that 34.5 is going to be probably like 50. Like he's going to probably have... Half his shots come and catch and shoot situations. Yeah, possibly. So, so what do you think? So, so the previous year, uh, with Durant in town, Westbrook's usage was at thirty-one point four percent, jumped ten percent to forty-one point four percent last year without Durant. Um, so, what do you, what do you, what do you think? Split the difference there yeah, for, for Westbrook? Like thirty-six, thirty-seven, maybe. Even, yeah. uh, I'd be surprised if it's below thirty-six. Durant is yeah. just uh, respect to Paul George, but Kevin Durant's yeah, one of the best scorers. Of, yeah, one of the best scores of all time, if not the best scorer of all time. Uh, okay, moving on down. So we're in the forty range department. The Raptors. Uh, ESPN projected them pretty. I think ESPN had them sixth in the East, if I'm not mistaken. So a little bit better here um, to fourth. They've got a lot going on. Uh, JV's kind of on the outs. Um, they're having what's going to. They're going to change their identity. Um, apparently, DeMar DeRozan, for this third year straight, is working on his three-pointers. Also expected to run the offense more. Um, anything noteworthy, noteworthy there for the Raptors as we... No. I mean, I'll be interested to see what they do with a full season of Ibaka. Uh, he could be a kind of sneaky pick this year, despite the year-after-year-after-year year year drop in blocks and defensive stats. But, um, you know, I think 48.5 is pretty much a break-even. I wouldn't be betting either way on them. Yeah, I think they got a decent shot at 50. Uh, as They didn't have a great year health-wise with Lowry getting hurt, and they still hit 51 games last year. So, yeah, I think I think they'll be all right. Uh, moving on. Okay, this is another sexy one. Minnesota Timberwolves, 48.5. That is, that's got to be the biggest increase uh, just because they were bad last year. Uh, from mm-hmm. 31 and 51, uh, obviously we know the Jimmy Butler, Jeff Teague thing in, Rubio out. Rubio, again, was really terrific late in the season. Um, and uh, you and I are firm, you and I are, I think the only two that are firm cat number one. Uh, <laughs> Jonas is kind of flip-flopping, Steve is coming around, I think. Um, yeah, everyone else seems to be, you and I, I we will not waver from that at all, right? We're... No, I was locked yeah. into that. Yeah. Nothing is nothing has changed. Yeah. If any, if anything, it's he's strengthened that. Like he lost, he had it. He had a stranglehold on it for before the Butler thing. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't even hear yeah. another argument. Um, but now it's it's down. But now it's with uh, the Giannis knee thing and all that. I think he's kind of. I'm not coming off that. Last year was the same thing. Like it was. Oh, do we want Harden? Do we want Westbrook? Do we want Durant? Do we want Curry? And hard, hard made a late little run, and uh, yeah, it should be cool. Uh, but what about we don't talk about Jimmy Butler enough? Like Jimmy Butler or Paul George? Who'd you rather take? Who'd you rather have? 
that's an interesting question. Yeah. Um, I think I'd take Jimmy. I, I'd probably take Jimmy Butler, yeah. yeah. He's a little bit better across the board and gets to the line really well. And Yeah, he's just a beast. Uh, okay, so do we like the over on that? Or what? Uh, you know, I don't, actually. Yeah. I, I think they're going to have a good year. Last year, I thought they were going to be a lot better than they were, as most people did. Um, definitely thought they were going to you know, hit 500, but they weren't even close, ten, uh, I think, 10 games under. Yeah. Um, so that's a huge leap. I mean, they'd have to win 18 more games than they did last year to, to go over here. So I, I think they're going to have a good year. I think 45 is reasonable, but I wouldn't. I don't know. That's that's a bridge too far for me. That's yeah. It's such a big change, but I mean Taj as well. They're they're pretty pretty uh pretty set. I don't know. That's a I, I if I'm a betting man, I'm not touching that one. Nah. Like I, I'd rather have really any of the other ones we talked up, like San Antonio or the under on Golden State. Yeah. Uh, what was I gonna look up? Oh, I wanted to look up um, their in-game split because I know their their third quarter last year was. Absolutely, a yeah, disaster. Uh, yeah, so they were actually their whole second half. First quarter plus seven point two net rating. Third quarter minus six point six. So they, they basically turned from a great team to a crappy team, uh, and then also minus six point one in the fourth. So you're talking about yeah. for, just by halves, talking about four point five in the first half plus, and then minus six point three, and then also overtime. Very small sample, twenty five minutes, only five overtimes. Minus 23.5. So, and again, Jimmy Butler was number two uh, among clutch players efficiency-wise behind Isaiah. High-volume uh, players behind Jim, uh, Isaiah for efficiency. So that has, that has to help them. So if they could be anywhere close to how they were in the first half, I think they got... Pretty 50, 50 wins in the bag, I'll say. I think if they could be, huh. uh, if they so could you be, might, you, so you might take that bet. Then it sounds like yeah, I, it's not a great one, but I yeah. mean, it's tough to go from one of the worst teams in the third quarter that were decent, that like non Lakers, non Nets, non Sixers kind of a thing, even non Sixers and yeah. Sixers. Like that's tough. That's a tough one. Yeah, so I think an upgrade to their second unit was critical. They got Jamal Crawford, Taj Gibson, some veterans to come in there and, and stabilize things. And then obviously Jimmy Butler is rarely going to leave the court, so he'll be a staple of the second unit. Um, quick question. Do you think Jeff Teague over Rubio is a positive change for them in terms of like net wins and just team chemistry? Nah. I think I think Rubio is going to be a, uh, a more... A, a metrics kind of a guy for win shares and all that if, yeah. you, if you kind of go that route uh, and yeah just to throw this out there so for net rating last year we're talking about kind of the 4.5 is the magic number uh, that would put them at 6 in the NBA uh, it's just the, the Warriors at 12.1 net rating is just stupid the Spurs also elite <laughs> at 7.9 and then the Rockets were 5.4 Raptors were 4.9 Raptors were pretty good um for really offensively, they had what was it that one lineup with Lowry, Bebe, Corey Joseph, uh, some a couple other guys that um, Norman Powell was in there. They were like 130 offensive rating for a good 75 minute sample before Lowry got hurt. Um, yeah, I feel like Powell was like among the league leaders in net rating for a while. Or yeah, something. what about real quickly on Norman Powell before we move off them? Um, I love he's one of my sleepers. Kind of Norm. Pa- Powell? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I like him with the, the... They don't have a lot of depth in the backcourt, so yeah. uh, someone's going to have to soak up those minutes, and Powell's right there. He's looked really good when he's gotten his opportunities. Yeah, definitely. All right, so moving on here. 
Um, Wizards. I think that's a good one I'd take. I like the Wizards this year. I think they got a, a great chance at 50 wins. Yeah, I would. They, so, uh, currently pegged at 47.5. Um, they beat that last year. I see no reason they'll take a step back. So, yeah, I really like that. Yeah, especially with Wall, who was hurt. And I've said this 100 times, but he was supposed to sit in back-to-backs until January. Uh, and they dropped that pretty much two months early. Uh, it's just insane. So, uh, I think I don't know if I've asked you this yet. Would you rather have Wall or Lillard? That seems to be a very popular topic. Wall or Lillard? Yeah. Uh, you know, I think in eight cat, I might actually take John Wall. But yeah, in nine cat, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, probably take Lillard. It's so close. And you, you appreciate. I mean, David Miller Lillard played, just se- doesn't miss games. Yeah, that's exactly right. Seventy-nine point yeah. two games played that's, in his career. That's enormous. Yeah, for a guy to get to that many minutes. What led the NBA in minutes his rookie season? Yeah. Uh, okay. and it's, a, it's a little bit different in Roto because if a guy's hurt, you can sit him. And, you know, I'm saying if you have an 82 game limit per position, then you can make an argument for like, ah, if a guy misses 10 games, it's not a big deal. But for every night head to head matchups, you, yeah, the, the fact that people don't miss games like Lillard and Cat and them, it's that's enormous. So, uh, Bucks 47.5. What's pretty much standard. Clippers, a lot of changes. Blake Griffin's hurt a lot. 43-5. That was one of those, like, that seems high to me. I don't know about that. Uh, I'm not going to take that. No, you lose Chris Paul, one of the league's premier point guards. Um, All that flux. They bring in Gallinari. That's basically their key free agent, and he's always banged up. I don't like that at all. So you think that taking that as the under is one of the top five bets to take if you're on this? That would probably be it's the first under that I've seen that I'm really comfortable with. Yeah. If, so what what would you that. rather bet? Under Golden State, 67.5, or <laughs> under 43.5 Clippers? You know what? I'm not going to bet against Golden State, so I'll take the, I'll take <laughs> the Clippers. Which is crazy. Like, oh, 68 wins? They got that, but the Clippers came <laughs> yeah. in 44 games. Um, Denver's 40, 45.5. That's another one that is going to probably be a sexy pick uh, going from... 40 and 42 last year, despite kind of a slow start. Uh, elite offensive numbers. Um, where do we see that? Um, we've talked about Jokic a lot here. Um, I'm all about the Jamal Murray train. Uh, Gary Harris also, Mr. Efficiency, your, your boy, more so than mine. What do we think about that? Could they crack, get to 50? Could they get to 47? Or 40, 47, 48 sounds good. Yeah. I mean, brought in Millsap, it's a huge upgrade. Jokic, just another year, stronger and smarter. Same with Gary Harris, Jamal Murray. I mean, they got by with Jameer Nelson starting at point guard. They've got, um, they basically buried Moutier for most of last season, and they still pulled off, uh, however, what, 40 wins. So, yeah, I really like where they're at. They got, they, you know, much like a couple other teams, the Celtics included, have a lot of moving pieces so they can kind of match up well against a variety of teams. Uh, they still have Will Barton as an excellent sixth man on a ridiculously cheap contract. Um, yeah, I like I like where they're sitting. Yeah, post-break, they were tied for first uh, in offensive efficiency rating. So I feel like they led the league in passes per game, too. Some, <laughs> like, the ball just moves when they're yeah. on there. Yes. Uh, oh, look at this, actually. That's pretty good. Uh, fourth in the NBA at assist rate in that last uh, post-break numbers. Golden State, yeah. Golden State at 69.7. Oh, jeez. And then Boston <laughs> was 67.5. Yeah. So you have the best scores and the best passing. That's just not fair. Uh, well, yeah. Um, 
see if they could keep the rebounding numbers, get that up a little bit more. They were kind of hit and miss at times, but yeah, they look great. Millsap is part, arguably a perfect fit for what they needed. So yeah, I think that over looks good. Uh, another kind of, I guess I'll just go through these super fast. Miami Heat, 43.5, eh, pretty standard. Uh, Hornets, 42.5, standard. 76ers, 42.5. That's a big increase. Lots of questions we all know. Embiid, is he going to stay on the court? Apparently Ben Simmons isn't going to have minutes restriction. Um, Fultz, what's he going to bring? A very, very uncertain, This is as far as predictability goes, this could go any which way coming from 28 and 54. But again, they were really good in January before Embiid went down. Yeah, that's another one of those, like with the Wolves, like they're projecting a 15-game win jump. It's it's completely possible. Um, who knows? You know, Fultz hits the ground running and, and Bede stays healthy. Uh, the, you know, they could make some noise. But that's another one I would just kind of shy away from just because it's such a huge leap. Yeah, they were 7-19 and 19 after the break, the Sixers. So they were losing games left and right. Um, just offense. Their offense just fell off. I think they were in the bottom. Uh, yeah, 27th after they were pretty solid when Embiid was going. <sighs> okay, moving on. So the ja- the Jazz at 40.5. That seems low. Uh, Rudy Gobert is vastly underappreciated to me. Uh, I don't think they got that much worse. Yeah, losing Gordon Hayward's tough. But if Rodney Hood could stay healthy and score 18, 19 points a game and Rubio... Gets the ball around, stays healthy. This team, I don't see this. I could see this game winning. Team, this team winning 46, 47 games, man. Yeah. That's probably yeah. one of my favorites. You mentioned Hood, and I think the, the Jazz want him to step up as a featured scorer, and he's going to have to, honestly. Um, Joe Ingles was surprisingly good last year. If Derek Favors can stay healthy, that's enormous for them. But a big a big thing for the Jazz win total is their defense is going to be ludicrously good. I think yeah. the addition of Rubio at point guard. I mean, I don't think he gets enough credit for what he does. He can stay in front of his man. He always leads the league in steals. Just a tough, good positional defender. And he knows that behind him he's got Rudy Gobert waiting to block shots. So he can be a little more aggressive on ball. Um, I just think they're built to absolutely just stifle any offense. Yeah, and you talk about missed games. I mean, they missed. I mean, Gort Hayward missed nine games. Yeah. Um, Favors missed. 32 games. George Hill missed over 30 games. Alec Burks, a non-factor due to injuries. Yeah, and they, on and they on. added Donovan Mitchell. I mean, all taking Hayward out and replacing it with potentially healthy guys. And what? Uh, Hood missed what, t- 23 games. Uh, so, yeah, that's to go from 51 wins... That seems like a harsh drop, man. I mean, yeah. not gonna I forgot they added Tabo Cephalosha. I actually like that. Yeah. It's a good and, little uh, move. MK Udo. So, yeah, that, that's a, a good one, man. Um, yeah, I would take the over there for yeah, sure. Overreacting to Hayward. Um, so we're in the 30 wins now. Pelicans, 39 and a half. 39 and a half, huh? Yeah. Huh. I think I take the over there, but I, I'd rather just stay away from it, I think. Yeah, I wouldn't bet that. Um, we've seen... Let me, let me pull up... Well, they actually were pretty bad, because everyone expected them to get Cousins and just go off and, and make a run at the 8 spot. But that did not happen at all. They yeah. were... What was their record? They were 11-14 and 14 post-break. So, now they did have injuries and guys got shut down, but they didn't come out of the gate hot at all. So, that's... Yeah, I wouldn't bet that. Detroit, 38.5. Yeah. Down under 38 and a half. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah, probably under. I yeah. don't really like where they're sitting right now. Although Avery Bradley, I feel like, is an upgrade over KCP. So. Yeah, that's a good point. And maybe Drummond won't be quite as bad again. Yeah, hopefully that he had the uh, surgery to correct a deviated septum, and he said it was difficult for him to breathe throughout his NBA career. So, who knows? Yeah. Um, okay, anything else before we talk about the really bad? T- anybody in the 31 range you want to talk about? I don't really care. Lakers, no, thir- Lakers really. thir- just because it's the Lakers, let's talk about them really fast. Uh, 33 and a half. I mean, they're going to they're gonna be really fast. They're going to be probably top three in pace. I'm going to bring a fun brand of basketball. But I don't really see them winning games, though. As great as adding Brooke was and all that. But, yeah, that's something I wouldn't touch. No, same here. It's a fun team to watch, but until we've seen them in action, I'm not gonna gonna take a stance on them being a, a good team by any stretch. Mm. All right, so let's work backwards here. Chicago by far has the worst projected win total at 21 and a half. Uh, obviously, quite the dip from their eighth seed, but it was one of the most ugliest eighth seed. Play- I mean, the Bulls are just at times just such a head case uh, as far as teams go. So, what does that mean? We, we know... You, would you take that over under? I mean, all, yeah. I hate to say it, but if anything, I, w- I want to take the under yeah, here. Um, bad. You look at their Look at their roster. It is just hideous. Uh, they're going to lose Dwayne Wade. He's going to get bought out. That's inevitable. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zach Levine, who knows when he's going to return. Um, and when he does, you got to think they're going to be very careful with him because they're not doing anything this season. Uh, their point guard core, Chris Dunn, Jerry and Grant, and Cameron Payne, just one, some of the worst shooting you'll find in a backcourt yeah. in the NBA. It's I, I see nothing about their roster that is encouraging or suggests that they'll beat anybody. Yeah, they're they're the anti warriors uh, in the backcourt. Um, but what are our takeaways then? I mean, Denzel Valentine, maybe he does something. Uh, maybe Chris Dunn take a flyer on him. Uh, I tried to look at this for fantasy, and I struggled to come up with guys that I would recommend yeah. and or want to draft. Um, you got to think a guy like Paul Zipser might be like a sneaky pick towards the end. You mentioned Valentine. Um, I don't know. Maybe Markkanen is more polished than we think. Uh, he's a guy to keep an eye on at least because they're going to give him minutes. But someone's got to get the usage and score the ball, but... I, I don't know. It's just an ugly, ugly lineup. You know what I take late in a lot of mocks I've been doing? And I don't know if I'm going to keep him in my roster the whole year. Robin Lopez. Oh, and yeah. He's, sure. he's not going to save your fantasy league. But this guy's great at percentages. He's usually pretty decent in block rate. So he has to score the ball. He should be able to get that 10.4 to like maybe 13-14. So... Yeah, I like him. We, we've seen him have really successful fantasy stretches. Yeah. Um, and last year, I was higher on him than he ended up. He ended up just being like a borderline guy to own. Mm-hmm. But I think his usage is going to be north of 20% this year. Another guy oh, who wow. missed only one, one game last year, his minutes should be up. So. Yeah, yeah, he's always out there for what seems like 80 games pretty much every year. Uh, Atlanta coming in second worst at 25.5. Another team that is... A skeleton of a roster. We've talked about John Collins a lot. Um, Schroeder should get a higher uptick in usage. Uh, I kind of like DeAndre Bembry. We're all on the Tareen Prince train. Um, Ursan Eliasova is not a terrible pick late. Uh, he's not going to be sexy, but he's going to probably get 27 minutes and shoot the ball a bunch. So yeah. I, I think this team's pretty solid for fantasy targets. For fantasy targets, sure. Uh, how do you feel about that twenty-five point five projected wins? You—that's—I wouldn't touch it. I think that sounds about right. 
Yeah, same here. Uh, but you're right, and a guy, a guy like you didn't mention Kent, Kent, Kent Bazemore, but yeah. I think he's going to be a, an interesting fantasy pick. He disappointed badly last year, so yeah. a lot of guys are going to be off him, uh, which I think opens the door to stealing him in the late rounds. Yeah, he and Rodney Hood are kind of similar. They had a great year, relatively speaking, two years ago, and they just couldn't really get it going last year. And they're both yeah. going to be what what should be expected to see uh, an increase in usage and just overall playmaking. Okay, so moving on to the Kings, 28.5. This team is all over the place, man. A lot of youth. They tried to fix it um, with going so youth-heavy with uh, Zach Randolph, which didn't really work out. We'll talk about why. I'm sure you know. Uh, George Hill uh, and Vince Carter even out there. So they've got some young pieces. Um, I think Jackson's uh, someone to look at. Uh, Fox is also someone to think about. Uh, we saw Scalabissier have... A handful of good games. Willie Cauley-Stein shot the ball well from the line last year. Um, somewhat surprisingly improved there. So this team's going to be bad. They're going to play kind of fast. Um, what, two years ago they were first in pace with Rondo. That's kind of why. But, yeah, I think this team could have some, some fantasy upside. Yeah, how do you feel about Buddy Heald? Where, are you yeah. drafting him in middle rounds or where are you sticking nah, him? Nah, late. I mean, if he's there and yeah. I want to I want to take a shot at him, I'm sure, but... Yeah, he's someone I've come away with on a few mocks. Um, it doesn't seem like people are really out. And he was good in the last you know, 15 games of the season last year. Not not great, but he was worth owning. Yeah. And George, George Hill's another guy. He had some injury issues last year, but, you know, he's another sneaky and towards the end of the middle rounds. If you need a second point guard, just scoop him up. Yeah, and actually to hammer home Buddy Heald, his April was really good in particular. Uh, 18.8 points, 4.5 boards, 2.2 assists. No blocks at all. Uh, 0.5 steals and 3.03s on 47% from the field. So that's mm. really nice. That's a uh, yeah. That's not many people can can do that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So yeah, he's he's worth it. Maybe maybe I'm maybe like eighth round, ninth round. Yeah, somewhere in there. I don't think I'm going to be drafting Justin Jackson this year. Um, I don't know. I don't know much. I don't watch a lot of college basketball, but he kind of strikes me as like a Matt Barnes light. Like I like he'll do a little bit of everything, solid on defense, but I just don't see him fantasy wise really popping. I thought he looked actually really good. He kind of reminded me a different skill set, but as far as being NBA ready, kind of goes a little bit of what Brogdon looked like when I saw him in summer league. Again, oh, yeah? I'm not saying he's going to be rookie of the year or anything, but I he's on my radar, man. Um, I could see him. Does he create his own plate? Can he handle the ball yeah. and get his own shots? He was more of a one-two dribble kind of a guy, but he can yeah. blow by people. Okay. Uh, guy to watch during yeah, the preseason. Oh, for sure. There you yeah. go. Again, all these bad teams, we're going to be locked in on them for the preseason. Yeah. Uh, so, so, so talk about Zebo. You mentioned him at the top there. Yeah, he's in trouble. Uh, so um, we'll see, he's possibly going to get a ban for carrying around what's two pounds of weed. And uh, he's got charged with intent to distribute, but yeah, it's it's tough. I don't, nah. So Debo's had trouble before, um, but yeah, it's it's he yeah he's probably out of the, so that probably helps Willie Cauley Stein uh, and those guys. I don't really see Zebo playing much. Um, they picked him up for his leadership, and that's kind of not the plan anymore. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. The, the Kings definitely went in an interesting direction, adding Hill, uh, Vince Carter, Zebo. They, yeah. as you said, they're just trying to get some veteran leadership into that locker room, yeah. get the young guys going in the right direction. Yeah. So finishing up with the other twenty teamers before we go, 
Uh, we didn't. The Suns and Nets are both at twenty-eight point five. We are all. I like Suns late. Uh, we saw them as the most aggressive team, benching guys Eric Bledsoe and uh, Tyson Chandler. Name. We even saw Devin Booker get shut down a little bit. Um, so I like taking Suns late. I'm all about Marquise Chris, one of my favorite targets. Um, even Josh Jackson, I had him number four for rookie rankings for that reason. They're going to play him. TJ Warren actually was pretty solid. Bookending yeah. the season, great early, yeah, great late, it. and terrible in the middle with injuries. So, yeah, uh, I'm, they're going to be fast. Um, I'm not touching Eric Bledsoe, obviously, for the reasons we just said. Uh, and then also, uh, the, and I like the Nets, another team I will take. I will take Alan Crabb late. We've talked about his spot-up shooting, one of the best really last year, and now he's in a very spot-up friendly offense. Um, I'll still take Levert. I would take Crabb first. Uh, Jared Allen's a good late round flyer if you missed out on blocks. Uh, I think Jeremy Lin's a decent target. D'Angelo Russell, really, really high upside. And again, great system for him. Um, led the league in pace last year. This team's just right for the picking. And they yeah. didn't rest guys. They didn't, we were really worried about that because two years ago we saw Brooke and Thaddeus Young get shut down, and that didn't happen last year. Jeremy Lin did get kind of quote unquote shut down throughout the season, but he was hurt. Uh, he aggravated his hamstring, what, twice on top of the original injury? So you're going to sit when your team's not good. So I actually kind of like Lynn. I have to come away with him in a couple drafts when he slides. Yeah, Lynn's pretty good, and I wasn't into D'Angelo Russell last year, and I'm not super hyping him this year either, but I do think, I mean, he couldn't ask for a better situation. Um, and if you know, you're worried about his field goal percentage, that's reasonable. Uh, I don't think he shoots great from the free throw line either. But the raw stats are there. I mean, the steals, the three-pointers, he's going to get assists, uh, you know, re- rebound the ball a little bit. But I think there's enough overall sheer ceiling here that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be pretty aggressively targeting him, actually. Yeah, I want, I like to get a l- little bit of the post-hype discount. But, yeah, uh, yeah I mean, I think Jonas, wants, Jonas is kind of like round four. I kind of want to wait late fifth. Because, I mean, you're talking about some really good players right there. Like Rubio and guys that I just you know you could count on in the fourth round, where D'Angelo is not quite uh, a certainty to bust out. It's great. Granted, his upside is yes monstrous. Uh, top 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 twenty upside for sure. I'm with you. If you're talking inside the top fifty, I'd rather take a guy with. And I know you're a little bit more aggressive and willing to take risks in this yeah. regard, but um, yeah, I'll take a guy with proven track record who we've seen deliver top 50 value who doesn't miss games uh, rather than just kind of swinging, you know, taking a swing on Russell and hoping that he gets top 40. There's not, not a huge amount of upside there for me. How do you feel about Jamal Murray or Russell? Do you have a preference of the two? Uh, I'd probably take D'Angelo. Okay. Yeah. I, I, probably, I think I have, I think they have them right next to each other in the ranks with Murray on yeah. top. Uh, all right. Um, so yeah, this is a longer pod than I thought. Um, <laughs> Anything else you want to add here? Uh, nope. Just, uh, you know, as, as you mentioned at the beginning, there's a lot of draft guide stuff going on now for the basketball side of things. And I believe in early to mid-September, you guys can, can look for a deluge of uh, columns and schedule breakdowns and rankings. All sorts of stuff's going to be available. It's second half studs, uh, percentage analysis, so guys that kill your percentages and help your percentages. Uh, just yeah, a lot of uh, second year breakouts, all that good yeah. stuff. There's just so got many... a d- dynasty mock drafts going to be in there. Yep. Uh, DFS strategy, auction values, all sorts of stuff. Yeah, we'll probably have 
when it's all said and done in the next month or so, we'll probably have like ten mocks in there. Yeah, say. yeah. And then because yeah, we're gonna roll them out. If you buy the draft guide day one, keep keep checking back every once in a while because we're gonna add content. Yep. You know, up until fantasy drafts are are happening and over. So. Yeah, and also, as always, um, unlike the magazines, we will be updating whenever something happens, whether it be a guy leapfrogging someone on the depth chart or just someone looking good or someone getting hurt, well, obviously, uh, or someone getting traded. Hey, a lot of possibilities. So, yeah, we'll update that on the fly pretty much daily uh, whenever something goes down. So, check out for that. Should be next week, you should be able to buy, I think. Yeah, sometime late late next week, I, I think. Cool deal. All right, so you guys take care and thanks for coming on, man. Good luck with your football drafts, Mike. <laughs> thanks, I need it. <laughs>